Welcome to Modern Ancestral Mamas, a podcast for mamas created by mamas. We discuss ancestral food, cooking, feeding our families, and holistic living with the everyday modern mom. We are Corey and Christine, two mamas on a mission to nourish our families holistically while keeping it real in today's crazy world. Follow us on this adventure and enjoy the stories and information we share. Hi guys, welcome to episode two. So Christine and I just got back from the Weston A. Price Conference in Dallas. Actually, I just got back a couple of days ago. Christine lives in Dallas, so it was easy for her. Um, so I wanted to ask you, Christine, what was your favorite thing to eat at the conference? My favorite meal at the conference was the Thursday night raw milk fundraiser fundraiser meal which was a bone marrow dinner. And so it had bone marrow with sourdough bread, a delicious liver pate, raw cheese, chicken wings, and like a lemon custard dessert. It was so good. That sounds awesome. I didn't go to that, Um, but that sounds delicious. What was yours, Corey? Okay, so it was hard to choose. Everything's amazing. Um, If you've never been to the conference, they feed you just the most incredible food at this, at the conference and you get um, lunches and dinners for every day that you're there. And one of the best things that, that we ate, that I ate was um, a organ meat chili. And that was just awesome. And there was like um, tortilla chips that were fried in lard. And then there was sour cream and raw cheese. Um, And then at the banquet dinner, the last dinner, there was a um, panna cotta with a, rab- a berry coulis on top. And I, like, it just tasted like straight up cream. Like, it was just so good. <laughs> it was really delicious. <laughs> so good. I need to um, find out. I need to get a recipe. We should get yeah, a recipe. Definitely. Yep. So we kind of wanted to review real quick what the Weston A. Price Conference was for those who are not familiar, but it is essentially a yearly conference held in different locations across the U.S. And Sometimes abroad, too. It's been abroad. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Um, and usually it's about four days, and there are meals, and there's talks, and the talks all are on the subject of either farming, nutrition, and traditional ancestral um, eating, and then the healing arts. So uh, natural forms of medicine, I should say. Um, And if you want to learn more about what Weston A. Price is specifically, We recommend listening to episode zero and we talk about who he is and what this foundation is. And this subject will get brought up a lot in these next few, um, in these episodes. So we recommend listening to that. So on this episode, we wanted to talk about our conference takeaways and share a little bit with you guys, our experience and why we think it's a great idea to go in the future if you ever have a chance. So we thought of three reasons why the Weston A. Price Conference is absolutely incredible. 
And the first one is that we mentioned already is the delicious food. So one of the things that I think is so cool about this conference is they really try to show conference goers how this ancestral lifestyle and following these food principles are achievable, delicious, and enjoyable. And so what they do is every single meal is sourced from local farmers, organic produce, all of the food is cooked in healthy fats, such as bacon, fat, lard, tallow, butter. Um, And every meal, almost all the meals are recipes that come from Nourishing Traditions, the cookbook. So the food is just absolutely incredible. And I actually wanted to share a story about a woman who I sat next to during one of the talks. And she was a woman who, this was her first conference. She had never heard of Wise Traditions before. And she was invited by a family member. And she sat down next to me and she was telling me how, you know, she had been searching for health essentially for the majority of her life. She had been extremely obese and they had tried Weight Watchers. They had tried the Atkins diet. She named a whole bunch of different diets that they had tried and always they fell back into the old habits and they gained the weight back again. And again, this was her first conference and she told me it was like she had seen the light. She had found the truth finally. She realized what true health meant and she was just blown away by everything that she was hearing, the food that she was eating, the people that she was meeting. Um, And I just thought that that was so cool because there is this conception, there is this idea in today's world that we have to follow a certain fad diet in order to be healthy. When in reality, it's so much more simple than that. It's looking to our ancestors, to how they ate, and basically trying to emulate that as much as possible in today's modern world, which is what Corey and I are going to be talking about a lot (laughs) on this podcast. Yes. I remember when I first had that, like, aha, oh my gosh, this is where, this is it. Like, this is the food truth moment. It was huge. It was huge. And I, it makes me really happy. Like, I just got goosebumps when you're telling that story because it just makes me so happy that other people are discovering it and that it's, you know, reaching people. Cause it's just, it's important. And, um, it is amazing to come to this conference and eat things like chili and flan and, um, bread and cheese and, you know, roast beef, like those kinds of things are not things that would be at a normal, you know, diet, uh, conference at a healthy food conference. You wouldn't be loading up your chili with cheese and sour cream and um, chips fried in lard. But we were, and we all felt awesome. Totally. Amen to that. I like the comment, food truth. That was a good one. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so the second uh, takeaway, and this is um, something that I noticed the first time that I went to the conference, which was in Baltimore, um, uh, 2018. And, um, that, that, that year I took my baby 
that was my third baby. And um, this year, I also brought my baby. So I've actually only been to one conference without a baby. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it's kind of difficult to be with a baby because, um, you know, they make a bunch of noise. And so that you don't want them interrupting the uh, speakers. But the thing that I noticed at the first conference, and, and I noticed this so much, I think because I had the baby with me, is the camaraderie that exists at this conference. You know, these are people that are just, you're just connecting with, with like-minded people who are, you know, happy to be there and happy to be learning things alongside of you. And um, you can sit down at, at any table, you know, the, all the meals are served um, family, not family style, but you know, you go through the buffet and then you sit wherever you want to sit at all these tables and pretty people just sit together, you know, random people sit together. People are so friendly and they're all having conversations. And there was this, this one woman we had, we all sat together with this one woman who Christine, you found her, didn't you? I invited her to come and sit with us. Yeah. Okay. All right. (laughs) And she was just a hoot. Like she had story after story and she had us all cracking up at the table and it was so fun. She was telling this one story about how she lived, she lives in Chicago, right? Which is where you lived. Um, and, uh, she is really into cold plunging, which is this fad. I don't know if it's a fad. It's, it's, it's an old, old thing that people have done for years and years, but I've noticed it in amongst my ancestral friends being very popular and it's basically, it's called cold plunging and you just, you know, get in really cold water. Yes. Find, but, find a body of water that's cold and get in it for as long as you can however, stand. Yeah. As long right. as you can stand it. Okay. So, but her story is so funny. She said she lives in Chicago and she bought this um, horse trough and she has it outside in her, in her, you know, little courtyard or yard, whatever. And she says she goes out there every morning, buck naked, <laughs> to yeah. do this cold plunge. And she just kind of waves to her neighbors. She goes, hello, and <laughs> like jumps in naked into her little horse trout in her backyard. Oh, my gosh. I was dying. I could barely eat my food when she was telling that story. It was hilarious. Yes. She was, she was actually from Estonia, which I had to look up where that was on the map. And so she had a beautiful accent and the combination of the accent and (laughs) the, you know, the vivaciousness of the way she told the story was just comical. We were all laughing. Maybe we should get her to come on the podcast and tell her story. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay, Corey. So you said something about bringing your baby and how everyone was so friendly and just welcoming. And this made me, it reminded me that I think one of the aspects of the Wise Traditions Conference is people are so excited to see the future generation because that is why they're doing everything that they're doing. The yeah. whole, one of the whole purposes behind the conference is to raise a healthier generation. Yeah. And that's why they're so excited when they see Weston A. Price babies um, because these are babies that are incredibly healthy in comparison to the conventional child. Yeah. So yeah. uh, I just thought of that. I got a lot of, um, there's a lot of people that commented on how healthy my babies look. And I, (laughs) I say that, you know, 
um, my, my babies are big babies. <laughs> like my daughter's tall and she's very plump. Um, yeah. but you know, there were lots of other babies there and it is really encouraging. Yeah. It's really awesome to have, to see all these really healthy babies running around and, um, parents who are, um, running around after their babies. <laughs> But there are, I mean, there's even a very specific, uh, or at least this, this at this conference, there was a specific uh, lecture on bringing up healthy babies. Um, I think that Sally Fallon Morell gave, and um, almost every parent that I saw at the conference with a child was also going to that specific lecture. I didn't go. Um, I actually spent a lot of time not going to the lectures because of the baby. And that's really okay. Like that's, I am fine with that because that means, because I want to be there to connect with people and I want to be there to, um, to experience the, the conference. And I was more focused on that than I was on getting to very specific lectures. But that being said, um, one of the other key takeaways that we have is that the amount of value that you get from these lectures and from these speakers is just out of this world. Like it's just crazy. (laughs) Um, Yeah. There, there is a talk for there or a lecture. There is a lecture for pretty much any interest that you have in regards to farming, um, natural healing and nutrition. They, and, Each of them are so interesting. The speakers are phenomenal. Uh, And yeah, so we wanted to share what each of our favorite talks were. So I can go first. Um, Go for it. And I was actually really surprised that this was my favorite talk, but because I I... uh, this is my this was my third conference, and in the previous two, I had not gone to a single farming track lecture. Um, and so for this one, I wanted to make an effort to go to at least one farming track lecture. And I went to this one with uh, the speaker was Will Winters, and he was giving a talk on the myth behind sustainable agriculture. And it was mind-blowing. So basically, he gave an entire history of agriculture starting back from the beginning of time and how it began and how we evolved to where we are today. And he obviously talked a lot about the myth behind sustainable agriculture and this idea that cows are emitting a lot of CO2 into the air and methane, and they are the problem for all of our our environmental issues. Um, And he really broke it down in a very easy to understand way, which again, so one of the things I talked about was the soil and how these animals have been on this earth and have helped create biodiverse soil from the beginning of time. Um, This is not anything new. 
And for some reason, now in today's world, in this modern world, we're blaming the cows for something that not just cows, but herd animals have done Mm -hmm. for such a long time. Granted, part of the problem is the conventional farming models where, you know, you have hundreds of thousands of cows packed into a really small, tight space. And in those instances, yes, the, um, the stool that they are releasing, all of that is toxic. And he talked about how that is toxic waste. Um, however, the regenerative agriculture model is what I really believe going to save the world as far as um, some of our environmental problems. Um, and so following what was cool actually was, so he gave that speech on Sunday and then on Monday there was a farm tour and on the farm tour, he was one of the speakers on the bus and we got to see these different farms in, in outside of Texas, uh, Dallas. And he was there to also, um, kind of, give his perspective on what the farmers were doing and talk about how they are regenerating the land and they, and what their animals are doing to create the biodiversity in the soil again, to avoid things like soil erosion and sequester carbon. Um, And then on top of that, you have nutrient dense meat that you, that is yielded from these animals that are, doing such a great job for our environment. All of that to say, that was my favorite talk. <laughs> that was a really That's long awesome. one. I, I thought that I, one was just so interesting. Yeah, I, I never even considered going to one of the um, farming tract lectures. So that's a, I'm going to do that next year. So Stephanie Seneff, she yep. gave some talks on glyphosate and the impacts of glyphosate and her, both her and her husband were in his lecture and her husband stood up at the end of it and said, this was the best one I've been to. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for sharing your knowledge. I mean, it was, it was cool to hear that come from her and her husband who are both incredibly well versed in, um, yeah, the intricacies of how, pesticides and stuff involve, um, intertwined with farming. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But well, I, maybe I should I want to hear about yours because yours sounds cooler. No, um. not at all. I want to hear about yours. So I, um, I, I can't pick cause I like, there's two. One is, um, Janine, she's actually your friend and she's very sweet. I got to meet her. Um, and she gave a lecture on, um, organ meats. And this is actually one that I had wanted to go to the year before, but I couldn't, or not the year before, but you know, the pre COVID one. And, um, she, so I, I was really excited that I got to go to her lecture this time and I did have to stand in the back and I did have to leave a couple times. But, um, one of the things that was really helpful is that she said, um, you know, this is a priority for their family. So this is something that they incorporating organ meats and, um, nose to tail eating is not just the way that she cooks, but she's created it as a, um, culture for their family. 
And um, so it's, it's non-negotiable, you know, and when it's non-negotiable and it's just something that your family does, then it's not, it, it takes away any of the weirdness. It's just a, this is how our family does it sort of thing. Um, and so that was, that was really great. And she was talking about how, um, you know, if you need to hide it, fine, you know, this is how you do it. Um, you know, grind up the liver or use heart because heart is the least offensive organ meat and, um, by taste wise, cause it's just a muscle. Um, and you know, if you're going to, if you're going to do it, do that and add a bunch of spices, which is mostly how I make anything with organ meats anyway. Um, but then she was talking about how to use raw meat, like how to feed your kids raw meat. And that, that's going to be a shocker for a lot of people. I think that people would eat raw meat. Um, anyway, so that one was really great. And you can find Janine has a website. What is it called? Awfully, awfully good And okay. we'll make sure to add that in the show notes. I actually asked her, um, because Christine introduced me afterwards. I felt like, oh, this is cool. I'm meeting people. Um, <laughs> uh, I asked her about making head cheese because I have a, a head from this hog that we purchased in my freezer, and I'm slightly intimidated by it. Totally. And by slightly, I mean a lot intimidated by it. Um, and she said that uh, – that she bought a specific pot to make head cheese. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've done that. And then she said, actually, she doesn't even really prefer to make head cheese. She just would rather make, like, pizzoli with it. I was like, okay. Well, then maybe I'll just do that. But I don't even know what pizzoli is. It's a soup with, like, hominy in it and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to maybe email her and ask her for a recipe. Or maybe I'll try and make head cheese. We'll see. Head um, cheese is on my list of things to make too. Okay. Well, maybe we can both try and make it and then commiserate. <laughs> yes, totally. All right. So then the next one that I went to, or I don't know what the order was. The next one that I was going to talk about that I went to was um, the healing um, uh, learning disorders or learning disabilities oh, with yeah. homeopathy. And homeopathy is one of those things that, I don't know much about at all. Like I have um, Arnica that I keep in my purse for when my kids, you know, bump their knees or something. Um, And I have the bee sting remedy that I don't remember what it's called, but that's like all I really know. Like I just don't know a lot about homeopathy and I'm fascinated by it. And the, uh, the speaker who, who gave the lecture, she gave two lectures about homeopathy. One was about just like generally caring for your family. And then this other one was about learning disabilities. And that one was blowing my mind. I mean, first of all, she was explaining what homeopathy is about. And that that's just bizarre. Like how homeopathy works is just bizarre. Um, and it doesn't make sense, but you know, she's seen all of these results. And I mean, I can say that I definitely have seen results just from Arnica. Um, So uh, what was really, what the one thing that really, really blew my mind, and I'm going to look into finding a a homeopath for this probably specifically, is um, they have a homeopathic remedy made from 
an ultrasound. And I'm like, Gwen, what in the heck? How in the world can you do that? Like, it's not, what? It's not a thing. Like, (laughs) um, but she was saying that they have made this homeopathic remedy from an ultrasound and she has used it to help patients, um, with, uh, like restlessness. Like she had this child who came to her who was totally restless and had been restless since birth. And they traced it back to, she had had upwards of like seven ultrasounds. I think, I think it was nine. Nine. That's a ton. Yeah. It was nine um, ultrasounds in utero. Yeah. And she said that there was like, she gave her a couple doses of this homeopathic remedy and she was fine and she's been fine and she hasn't had to redo. I'm just blown away by the idea of this. Um, right. And I'm, I'm interested in it for one of my kids and I, I don't know if it would help. I had a, a couple extra ultrasounds with her before I knew any better. Um, and she's, she's the one that is like, I, I call her, I call it fast. Like she's fast in her body. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I don't know. I actually talked to her afterwards and I was like, this is crazy. And she's like, I know it is crazy. <laughs> the speaker. Wow. Um, that is another one of the things that we should mention. Almost every single one of the speakers at this conference is a hundred percent willing to talk with you, chat with you after, you know, after the lecture or whatever, you find them in the hallway, they're willing to talk. They are, um, you know, they'll give you your, their website or their, um, practice information. That's, and, and they're not, you know, high and mighty. They're all just there. Yeah. They're really down to earth. Yeah. And a lot of them just sit with everybody else in the, in the mess hall. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's amazing to me. I've never been to a conference like that before. I think, was it one of the things she had mentioned about the homeopathy was that same heals same? Right. So this idea that... Do you understand what that means? (laughs) uh, I think, but um, this idea that what you were injured by, you, you, whatever that might be, you get a remedy that is the same as what you were injured by and that will heal that. Um, and homeopathy is based on energy. So there's actually, basically it's a dilution process and they take, to create the remedy, they take whatever it is. So let's say for a bee sting, we'll use that one as an example. Um, they will take the sting from the bee, the stinger, And they will dilute it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again until the actual remedy contains nothing of the stinger from the bee. Right, and this is where it's crazy. It's just the energy of that bee sting. And then in order to activate it, you have to agitate it. Um, So you agitate it depending on what remedy it is, but you agitate it by... um, so they're little sugar pills. And again, there's different forms of homeopathy. So classical homeopathy has these little sugar pills and you would dilute them in water and then you would agitate the pill by striking the water bottle against like a countertop or your hand and that like activates it and then you would drink it. Um, 
homeopathy truly sounds like woo-woo. However, crazy. <laughs> what's really interesting is it was the main form of medicine until I'm probably going to get the dates wrong, but I think it's like the 1920s until allopathic medicine took over. And the history between allopathic medicine and homeopathy is actually pretty dark. And essentially what happened was allopathic medicine overcame homeopathy, homeopathic medicine and that, and rose. And that's why we have allopathic medicine today. But homeopathy is used all over the world, very specifically in India. Um, and they'll use and by it the British royal family. Yes. Yes. Isn't that crazy? It's, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, if it's good I've enough had... for Princess Kate, it's good enough for me. Right? <laughs> I, I mean, I've had a lot of success with it. I'm a believer for sure. I love it. So, but. Yeah. I, it, like I said, it's something that I'm like, I really want to learn more. And, and everybody that I talk to, um, aside from things, you know, basic things like the Arnica or the bee sting remedies, most people say that you really should be working with a homeopath. Right. Cause it's very it's, specific and it is right. Yeah. So don't anybody go out there and just take stuff, please. <laughs> <sighs> Throw our little caveat out there. Um, Yeah. So that was, that was my last one. And I think, um, I do want to say everybody, if anybody, you know, didn't go to the conference or even if you did and you missed some of the lectures, you can go to the Weston A. Price website, which is westonaprice.org, I think. And, um, you can purchase the DVDs. You can purchase the, um, you can purchase a flash drive with the videos, or I think you can buy just the audio, which is cheaper. And, um, yeah, so those are available if anybody wants, wants that information. And I do believe there was one free talk. Oh yes. That was shared and that one's being shared on the website on the westonaprice.org website. And you can see that one for free. You don't have to pay anything. Um, we heard incredible things about that. I went to that uh, one. That, that was very good. Oh, yeah. I'm, I just started watching it. I'm about halfway through. So, yeah, yeah I'm it excited was to finish it. A lot of fire in that room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All righty. So, I think that's all we've got. And I want to say very um, clearly that I think if you get the chance to go to this conference in the future, you should definitely go. This is not something that I ever want to miss again. And, um, I'm looking forward to next year, even though it hasn't even been a whole week since we yeah. were there last. <laughs> I agree. We're all, I'm also very excited for next year. Yeah. Um, all right. So thanks for thanks. listening. Yeah. And before we leave you guys, uh, just quick reminder, Corey has a recipe for chili on her website and her wipes, her website is for nutrientsake.com. Yep. And if you want to add organ meats to that, do it. <laughs> there you go. Yep. All right. If you guys would uh, like and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening, and if you could um, give us a review, that really, really helps. Um, it helps us. It helps um, other people find the podcast. And if you wanted to share this with friends, that'd be awesome too. 
Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Modern Ancestral Mamas. Check out the show notes for the resources. You can find Christine on Instagram at NourishTheLittles and online at NourishTheLittles.com. You can find Corey on Instagram at ForNutrientSake and online at ForNutrientSake.com. Follow us on Instagram at Modern Ancestral Mamas. <laughs>